Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blum and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs, and I have the owner of Clarkville in West Philadelphia. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you guys doing? Very good. Brendan, um, why don't you tell a little bit, uh, uh, our, our listeners, a little bit about yourself, about your history in the culinary world. Um, it's exciting, all the things that have been going on in, in your history and with everything that's going to be happening because, you know, you're, you're building, or not you, but they're building in the area. So why don't you tell a little bit of your history? Um, so my name is Brendan Hartram. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, first and foremost, I'm a native Philadelphian for, you know, my family's gone back uh, a lot of generations. Um, it's probably the, the point I'm <coughs> the most proud of outside of uh, my lovely, uh, you know, family and my wife and kids and all that jazz. Um, I've had the really good fortune to have Philadelphia allow me to open restaurants. Um, and, you know, that's kind of you know, I mean, it's easy to say that's kind of the beginning and end of it. You know, there's a lot in the middle. You know, um, some of that's interesting, some of it's boring, some of it's tawdry. But at the end of the day, you know, anyone that gets to, you know, have a restaurant that opens day in and day out, gets to employ people, that's a really fortunate position to be in. And, um, you know, I count myself among the many to be blessed. And I mean, you bless the people that are surrounding you too in the area because you are kind of like hyper local to a lot of colleges and um, areas that would you know rely on those those easy meals at night. So you're in a perfect spot in order to uh, to give blessings to people as far as food is concerned. But um, you also learned under we we spoke you know, directly prior to this. And you had told me that you learned how to cook under the um, watch of other chefs. So what was that like? And, you know, who, who was your inspiration while you were growing up? I mean, for me, you know, for me, it was just really about, like, I'm the youngest of, uh, I'm the youngest of five kids. You know, we grew up in, uh, we grew up in, you know, Philadelphia neighborhood, you know, and so, you know, like I learned under everybody. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't just a chef and it wasn't just, you know, someone that was training me. I mean, being the youngest in, in a big family, you know, with a lot of brothers and sisters and a lot of cousins is you're learning from everybody all the time, you know? So it just kind of happened to suit me really well that when I, you know, got my first job, which wasn't a kitchen, I just kind of already had the like, you know, the kind of attitude, not really, you know, the aptitude can be taught, but the attitude can't, or it's harder to teach the attitude, right? Um, so it was just a real natural fit, but I had a lot of, I mean, I had a lot of really great mentors, you know, I mean, um, you know, some of them, you know, so, some of them taught me what not to do, which is a very valuable lesson. But most of them were really, really, really nice people, nice men and women that, like, took the time to, like, slow me down and teach me how to do things right. You know, 
I'd probably say the one that sticks out the most is probably uh, Walter Grund uh, from this, you know, this German restaurant. Um, and, you know, he, he, he was, everyone thought he was a lunatic, you know. Um, I just, it all made sense to me, you know, which I don't know what kind of company that puts me in, you know, but he, you know, he was rigid, you know, and it like, it was what I needed at the time. You know, so I'd say that, like, you know, Walter Grun was, like, the, the first stepping stone of, like, hey, this is kind of how it goes, you know. And uh, I probably I probably fall back on what he taught me more often than not and, you know, like, multiple times a day. Now, I – my co-host, who's also on the line, he's, he's a teacher as well as, you know, he uh, uh, chef and – a culinary historian. So he can probably like, you know, discuss that at length, um, you know, learning under, under different chefs and, and whatnot. So I don't know if he has a question for you, but you know, I, I certainly, I don't have the full spectrum of being in a kitchen, like a, a commercial kitchen or a, a kitchen that's serving a bunch of people but I'm a home-taught chef, so I have that well, on my background. You know, I'm going to chime in with something you said a few minutes ago that I think is so important, that so many people taught you what not to do. And, you know, that's a really big thing because chefs, as we know, we, you know, today we like to think we have these egos and we're bigger than this and bigger than that. When you look early on, you know, you have those people that are setting those boundaries and saying, no, you don't do it that way. You do it this way. You don't. That discipline, I think, you know, and, and I know your restaurants, I, I know your background. So I really see a lot of that, you know, early on, you had those role models that, that set those standards for you. And that, I think that's the best way. I learned under chefs, best education I ever had, went back to school. You know, the classroom was, uh, you know, with my sons, but, you know, really those, you know, the, those mentors are key. And, you know, I can't stress that enough. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think I really, it, it heartens me to hear that because I think it's, um, you know, just with the, you know, the over, or I don't want to say over glamorization, I don't mean to take away from anyone's joy, but with the glamorization of food, you know, like, you know, you are kind of, you are kind of chosen, right? I mean, it's the kind of thing like you have to have the the certain like grab bag of, you know, idiosyncrasies to respond to the way that people said things, the way that they would say them in a kitchen, that you would kind of understand it. And it was acceptable. Like, it was just like, yeah, that's how it goes. Like, and, you know, those lessons I learned that, you know, 12 and 13 and 14, like they, they're non-negotiable. Like, it's just, there's not, you can't, you don't do it another way. There's like, sorry, like that's, it's not going to happen, you know? Um, and I was really, I, I, I appreciate it now more than ever of like, there's just that way to do it, you know? And if you want it done another way, then, then, you know, and I, I appreciate all the business that we get, but then go somewhere else. Because that's how it happens here. Okay. Yeah, I, I love today. I, I think it's yours. I, I have a young 
uh, intern. He's a college culinary student, first year, and he's working with me in my current venture. And one of the first things he came in, and you know, he had this long list of, oh, I can't do this day, I can't do this day, I can't do this day. I'm like, you do know that this industry is all about weekends and all about like, you know, that whole world and, and that discipline. So you need to think about all this coming in and coming on board here and, and you know, wanting to learn here because, you know, we often work with what others don't do. I also make the joke, you know, growing up today, you know, a chef is always quick with, oh, or a young cook is, oh, chef, you know, I cut my finger, I got to go get a band-aid, I got to go do this and this and this. And, you know, I also joke that, yeah, when I was growing up in this industry, it would be, yeah, cereal and flat top, get back to work, the three tickets down, you know. And I, as much as I joke about that, it's really a sense of work ethic. You know, it's this is the way you have to do things. This is the mindset you have to walk into. And you you need to, to understand what we do. And you'll be great at it if you do. But, you know. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't mean to cut you short, but I mean, I think that that's the, you know, particularly like, so I'm, you know, for anyone that's on this conversation or any of the listeners, you know, I'm, I'm very much steeped in, in casual dining. I like, I like casual dining, right? I like casual dining because I'm a populist. I mean, everybody can afford it or I, everyone should be able to afford it, you know, um, which makes it all very high stakes. You know, we don't have, I mean, every restaurant has very thin margins, right? Um, but particularly casual dining, you know, it's, it's no joke, you know. Um, but, you know, you touched on something I think is uh, very interesting, something I have to remind myself of all the time, um, particularly, you know, over the past maybe, you know, five to ten years, is that, you know, today's chef, if today, you know, you take today's chef that's 40 or older and they work for people that said like, well, hey, you know, this is what I have to do. So ergo, you know, this is what you have to do, you know, and that's just not, that's not the way anymore, you know. So uh, I think there's this really interesting, I think we're in a very interesting time as owners and operators and chefs and managers to understand that like, hey, we have to adapt. You know, um, and I think it's a really interesting opportunity, you know, to, to kind of, okay, like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing. And I resent every day that I call staff to come in when I need extra staff or somebody called out and they feel like you know, they can say, hey, I can't make it. And I think my, what was drilled into me is things like, well, why can't you make it? But I'm very grateful for the fact that I think like, okay, hey, that's your life. And my restaurant is not your life. It just happens to be where you draw your income to pay your bills and do all that stuff. And I have to live with that. You know? <clears throat> um, so I think that growth, I think the growth that operators are afforded with understanding the way that the present dynamics of the workforce operate, I think it's very interesting. I would agree a hundred percent and you know, post COVID, pre COVID, so much has changed. It's it's really amazing. Yeah, and it's like and you know, the thing is like as operators we all pride ourselves on the ability to adapt, right? I mean it's like one of those things where I'm a brick and mortar guy. You know, I walk into a caterer at an event and I think like 
man, I got nothing on this dude. Right? I mean, he's like, he's like a Marine. I mean, caterers are, I mean, that's a different breed, right? But we all still pride ourselves on the ability to adapt. But then I wonder, like, why am I fighting adapting to all this other, all these other dynamics that are out there now? You know, so it's like COVID, COVID was, I think COVID was a great wake-up call for, for older operators, truly. I would agree. I would agree 100%. If you, didn't, if you didn't change and adapt and grow, you're probably not going to make it very long. Yeah, or just be very lonely. <laughs> yes. Um, now, I'm going to tie all of that together because you you guys both kind of, just, you know, touched on various things that I wanted to, um, to ask you, which is, you know, operating as, a, as somebody who has – owned and operated various restaurants in previous years, including Local 44, um, you know, and I would love for you, I would love to hear the story behind that because you said that you had a story of that. Um, you also, you know, are are adapting to the different, you know, things that are happening around the city and around where, you're, where Clarkville is. Um, even Clarkville itself, has adapted, you know, and changed over the years from one restaurant to another. So um, what, you know, what was it like to, you know, become the, the sole owner of Clarkville and Chef and um, introduce, like, the, me- the menus that you're offering in this area? Um, I mean, it was terrifying. You know, I mean, it was, it's a huge transition. You know, it was like one of those things where, you know, it was opened. It was open as a partnership, right? And um, and I'm really grateful for that partnership. I learned I learned a tremendous amount about uh, compromise, about dealing with people, about you know which which battles to kind of stick to, which ones to kind of give up, you know. And you know, as much as I desired, you know, at base to kind of be a solo operator, you know, when it actually happened. Uh, I was, you know, uh, I was, I was terrified, you know, because I was a specialist. I mean, I was, I did my, I, you know, we all stayed in our own lanes and now I had to, you know, swim in what seemed to be, you know, a pretty unfathomable death, you know, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, um, it made me a lot smarter, made me a lot more observant. It made me a lot more patient, you know, because it wasn't just this like, you know, this trifecta of 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 people that has safety in numbers. You know, you're kind of all on your own, you know. Um, so, you know, the again, I, you know, I really fall back on the adaptation of like, you know, hey man, take take the temperature of the room, you know, like figure out what people want, figure out what they need, and find a way to fold that into what you can do with enthusiasm, with, with natural enthusiasm, not sales, not salespersonship, not like, Hey, they want this, so I'll give it. And I'll just kind of like, you know, tap dance for the, for the crowd, you know, figure out a way that like to read the room, figure out what you can do that you love that they also want. Right. That's what it really taught me, you know, well, and, that's uh, such a natural Transition, then, chef, into you know what you're 
what are your menus? I know one of the things you feature is a lot of local craft brewery or brews, um, you know, from the city and from that local area right there. But you know, what is your menu? What 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 are you bringing to the people now? That is, you know, that casual touch of yours. Yeah, I think that I think you know, I think that I mean, like, I've always been involved in in beer, right? I mean, I worked, you know, I I worked at a brewery while I was working at restaurants and, you know, it wasn't like a brew pub. I worked in a brewery like cleaning kegs and like, you know, being low man on the totem pole and all that stuff, you know? Um, and so I think what, what I learned, I think what we offer, like how that translates over to the food that we offer, you know, is sincerity, you know, you know, don't cook for the city you wished you lived in, cook for the city you live in, you know? So as long as as long as the shoe match, matches the jeans, right? You're good to go. Like, so there's no there's no one dish that I can say that like, oh hey that's the thing, right? But knowing where you're at, I I I've been really blessed with knowing what time I was in, what place I was in, and being able to speak to the broadest audience, you know. Um, you know, and uh, and not and not have this pandering. You know, I think a really great example is I got to work with a chef uh, named Jesse Kimball, who um, is arguably the most talented chef that I know the best. And I'm not saying the most talented chef I've ever worked with, but he's the one that I know the best, right? Where we didn't have to talk, we could just kind of do it. You know, and he knew he knew what we were looking for. And I knew how to support him, you know, and I think, you know, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm being vague about it, but like, you know, it's, it's, those are those moments. If you own a restaurant long enough, right. Unless you're McNally's and Chestnut Hill with Schmitter, unless you're the pulled pork sandwich or roast beef from Cherry Street Tavern, right. Every restaurant has a lot of dishes throughout the course of their lifespan that they're kind of known for. It's the ability to just like, knowing how to have more than one, right, and not falling back on the one, right? I, I, I hope that's not too vague, but, you know, no, not I think all. that's really the spirit. I think that's that's the most spirited answer I can give that's also the most honest. Well, Chef, I think our listeners would be very interested in one of your menu items you developed, and that would be your autumn pizzas, your, you know, that you just put onto your menu. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And the inspiration behind that. The 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 what the what pizza or all of the them, the, the autumn pizzas. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm I worked the, in rock okay. for a lot of years. Yeah, the pizzas you put on your menu now. Oh, well, the pizza. I mean, the pizza we put on the menu are like, you know, they're not. By no means are they like a rock city garbage place, right? But it's about like taking, you know, when we're working on a pizza it's never about showing off, you know, it's about kind of like playing down. Right. So it's like, it's about taking that marrying the idea of pizza. Like pizza is pizza is something that everyone should be able to pizza is one of the only foods that everyone gathers around, whether it's at your table or whether it's out at a restaurant. Right. There's no, you know, there's no, there's very few like single serving pizzas. Like, Hey, this is just mine. Right. So it's about agreement. It's about agreement in front of everybody, right? So you have to take an idea. Where I find this is the best way it works for me. 
is to take an idea that everyone can reasonably sit around and say like, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of going to work. Right. So like, for instance, like our best, our best selling pizza hands down is the sriracha honey pie. So it's like, you know, spicy, you know, honey that we spice with sriracha, you know, shaved Brussels sprouts, a cream base, um, and you know, bacon, right? And I mean, bacon's one of those things like, no one should get credit for bacon. Bacon should get the credit, right? I mean, <laughs> it's kind of how it is, right? Um, you know, but like, there's other pies that are like, like, hey, that kind of makes sense. I mean, we put pies in our menu that are dogs for months, you know, and I'm just like, there's no way I'm taking that off the menu. It makes too much sense. And then out of nowhere, it just kind of clicks and it takes off, right? And so that's kind of the idea. Like, you know, sometimes you have to put something on the menu that's waiting to find its audience. And pizza is the greatest vehicle for that because you can put it on your menu and it can hang around because it's, it's supported by 17 other cast members. Like I'm going to sell margarita pizza all day long. I'm going to sell sriracha honey pie all day long. And as long as my ordering is correct and as long as the enthusiasm in the kitchen to make it the correct way is, you know, correct, then I can wait it out until, until it catches on. And I've had that, I've had that happen like more than a few times. It's been really gratifying. I have um, uh, two two items on your menu that I want to try really bad, and and I know that this is what Jean was referring to. Um, it's your fall spice pie and your autumn apple salad. Yeah, that's, those are fun things. I mean, those are super Pennsylvania things, right? I mean, like, you know, again, I get back to like know where you're at. I was at this restaurant on Friday night. Uh, my wife and I. I was out on a Friday night. How amazing is that, right? Um, but we were at a restaurant that was this is like local, you know, farm forward restaurant. And avocado was in every single salad. <laughs> you know, and when I looked at when I looked at the name of the place, it was like blah blah blah, you know, like local farmers. I'm like, so what are all these avocados doing here? Right? So like we're always kind of pensy first, you know, I mean we have a we have a strong pig farming uh culture you know, hence the bacon, you know, um, our honey culture is really rich, but like, there's always going to be whatever season it is, there's always going to be local produce that is going to be on the menu as long as it makes sense in a way that people can afford it. Like we're never going to put on like a seasonal pie that's like, Hey, here's our seasonal pie. And thank you very much. That'll be $28. (laughs) Right. It's like, Hey, what's local? What can we spin out, make good, what's durable, you know? And frankly, like, what's cheap? Any chef that tells you that they're not thinking about what's cheap is lying. All right. Well, Brendan, I know that we had a lot of fun talking to you. And unfortunately, the time flies when you're having fun. So for anybody who is listening out there, let our listeners know how to find you and how they can order those seasonal pies and your regular menu pies, too. You know, uh, we're at the corner of 43rd and Baltimore. Um, you know, we're right there. You know, it's, uh, you know, if anything, we really hang our hat on service, right? So it's, uh, you can find us online at, you know, uh, ClarksvillePhilly.com and give us a ring, you know, come by, have a beer, you know, 
And we're always there to serve. And you're open from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. in your phone number? 11 to 10, seven days a week. Closed map doesn't get fed. <laughs> and your phone number is 215-387-4992. And how can they find you on social media? Mm, I try to stay away from that. That's, I mean, in, in, in my humble opinion, social media has ruined the restaurant business. Okay, so. So you, you'll find musings if you go on Instagram, uh, Clarksville, Philly, but they're rarely about food. They're almost always about the clash or print. Okay. Well, Brendan, it was lovely having you on, and I look forward to trying that fall spice pie. Um, and Gene, I'm sure you had fun speaking with him, too. Thank you, Chef. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. All right, I'll see you. Join us on Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-hosts Gene Blum and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker. Hi, everyone. I am going to bring on our show on Food Farms and Chefs, Chef Elijah Mulligan. Yay! I love that you are here and that I'm actually getting to meet you in person. But what brought you here today? Uh, well, I love doing these shows. Um, I've actually been doing this taste festival for quite a few years now. Um, I know we put on a hold during the pandemic, but um, you know it's cool to see it back and see a bunch of old friends and meet some new ones and all that. So um, it's always a pleasure being here. So I was able to taste what you made. Um, so why don't you actually describe it for our listeners? Maybe, you know, give us all the juicy details. Uh, today we kept it a little simple, but um, we did a roasted chicken tostada with a salsa negra, an ahi verde, and a cilantro crema to finish. I have to say that it's lingering on my palate, and I'm loving every last second of it. It was extremely delicious. It was tender. It was spicy, and like, but not too spicy. I mean, I know some people are sensitive, so maybe it is for them. But um, for me, it's like just the it's really, uh, hitting right there on the right notes for me. Well, that's the point. To always make it memorable and um, leave some, you know, everyone walking out with a, a great taste in their mouth, right? <laughs> so, um, you obviously you're one of the highlighted chefs uh, for Taste of Philadelphia. <clears throat> so, what have you been up to lately? Uh, so lately, I actually went the corporate route. Uh, so, I work for a group called Oakview, and um, we specialize in casinos, arenas, hotels, all those things. So, uh, it's been pretty fun. Um, um, I'm learning something actually different. You know, I've been doing this uh, the restaurant thing for pretty much my entire adulthood so this is a little bit different working with arenas and you know doing large shows and concerts but definitely a lot of fun so uh, where can we find you next i mean like you are you still spotlighting or highlighting um different black black chefs or so i actually kind of um took out eight from a little bit of everything i do have a bunch of things in the works coming up for 2023 and 2024 so just pretty much stay tuned and um we'll start dropping some stuff uh really next year uh, we'll definitely have to bring you back on for that because obviously, like you, you have a magnetic personality. You're such a great person, and your food was absolutely delicious. And I mean, we are a food show, so I would love to have you back on for that. But um, what else can we look for towards uh, what you're going to create for this particular event? 
Uh, so I just actually finished the chef demo a while ago. So we did a salmon poke with green apple and pineapple and ginger spices. Um, so, yeah, we're just keeping it simple this weekend. I think we're going to do something in Lancaster. I haven't figured out yet what I'm going to do, but uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, fun. Kind words as well. <laughs> oh, no problem. So, um, for I, I know that you're running around and you have a lot to do, so I don't want to keep you for too, too long, but uh, where can our listeners find you online and uh, in person and on social? Got it. Um, so, social media, it's all the same. Chef Elijah Milligan on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and honestly, catch me around. I'll be posting some things soon on my personal pages. Uh, I have some community events coming up. Uh, some that we're just going to really have some fun. So uh, just stay tuned. Be on the lookout. Perfect. All right. So I will look forward to what's happening in the future with you. And uh, I thank you for coming back on to Food Farms and Chefs. Always a pleasure. Came out uh, excited to be on next. <laughs> <laughs> We have for you the new owner of Dad's Deli and Catering in South Jersey, Matthew Fine, who has a culinary history that is unspeakable, <laughs> that, you know, has a lot of accolades. But Matthew, thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. So, you know, I, I just referenced your culinary background, but why don't you let our listeners know, like, what are some of the places and some of the people that you studied under? Um, so, well, I guess most notably would be uh, Chef Mike Talmanov uh, of uh, the Cook and Solar Restaurant Group. I uh, worked, worked uh, for him for uh, a little over 10 years, almost 11 years. I was um, line cook at Sahab for uh, almost a year, and then uh, I went on to help him with Federal Donuts after Zahav, and I became their culinary director for 10 years. Um, but uh, before that, I went to uh, the Cambridge School of Culinary Arts in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, I studied there and graduated there in 2009, and uh, yeah, kind of went to different places and learned different things throughout the last, uh, the last 20 years I've been in the industry. So. I've seen it all started out as uh, making bagels and Einstein bagels when I was 15 and uh, then went on to like serve at a few places so and then decided I wanted to cook so I, you know I've seen it seen both ends of everything seen a lot of things now when you were in school in the Cambridge School of Culinary Arts was there any particular thing that you were drawn to when you were learning um I really drawn to i don't know i don't know i, I really like butchering I'll, I'll tell you that dealing you know dealing with meat cooking and i enjoyed sauces and soups when i was there i, I still do i think uh, soups are one of my favorite things to make um but uh no it was just a, it was a nice experience at school that that school particularly focused just on cooking and stuff um you know a lot of culinary schools other schools they focus on gen eds and and other stuff and i'd already done that uh, before culinary school so i was just looking to cook and the school was perfect because for a year you're there for about a year and it's just every day you're there it's just cooking you're learning different techniques um and you go over different regions of like italy and france and i thought, thought i think that was really appealing to me um the uh learning the you know france and italy and and how uh, a lot of the cuisines there um, where the two countries meet on the border kind of like meld together. I don't know. The whole experience of culinary school was great. Um, and then they had this other program with 
uh, restaurants in Boston where you could, you know, run the kitchen for uh, a day or, or a few days. Um, and I was part of that program too, um, where the restaurant actually came into the school and the restaurants would select students based on, you know, how they performed. So that was, that was actually a really cool experience. I got to run a restaurant in, uh, in Boston for uh, a few nights. That's, that was neat. That is very cool, especially when you're learning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously you like you put the, your hard earned work into it and you know you're you, you're um driven on your own <laughs> obviously because you know you've worked on, in the kitchens of of federal donuts of you know uh, behind mike and you know it's there's so many things that you can you can say in your career already but it's almost like when you just i feel like just listening to you and here and and having read about you like when you make a decision of, you know, I want to do this, it kind of like kismet like falls into all into the path, into your path, because you, you know, I, I knew that Doug, who previously owned Dad's Deli, you know, he was always like running around and he had a lot of energy. Um, and I, I said this when I um, spoke with you which is I, I always tried to bring him on, but he was kind of like skirting around that and I never understood why. And it was kind of toward it closer or towards the end of his, his ownership of dad's deli. But, you know, you, you basically went, you know, you made a decision. You wanted to open up a place of your own around the same time that he was like, you know, I'm getting ready to, to sell. And it, so it was kind of kismet, but what was that like with the transition? Um, it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a difficult transition. I, I mean, I retained the staff, um, the staff wanted to stay on and, you know, I, I worked with them before the, before the purchase happened and they were all wonderful. Uh, I got to know them and they all decided they wanted to stay on and work for me and, and with me. And I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really great. And so, so they made the transition really easy. They're a wonderful crew. They've all been here for a long time. They know what to do. They know what's going on. Um, and yeah, uh, I just got through my first week. Actually, today was day seven of my first week, um, since the, the purchase just happened last Monday. Um, and it was a pretty smooth week, uh, to say the least. Uh, me and personally, I was hectic, always running around just like Doug always was. <laughs> so I understand, I understand why he was always running around, but, um, uh, but the customers wouldn't know. You know, we, we didn't even skip a beat, so it was great. Yeah, the, so the transition's been, been easy, and, uh, you know, just trying, to, just trying to take what Doug built and just uh, continue it. And I'm, I'm glad that you said that because it, it, that liaisons into what I wanted to ask next, which is, you know, yes, you, you're only a weekend, and congratulations on your first week, um, and also, you know, purchasing and owning Dad's Deli. But um, what, because obviously Dad's Deli is well-established. A lot of people who are in the neighborhood, you know, if if you know, you know kind of thing. Um, and word of mouth is kind of how it, his, uh, his deli kind of got advertised for the most part. Um, but everybody who goes there, like, frequents it. It's very loved. Um, and the menu is loved. So... What is it like with, you know, transitioning into his menu and, you know, how, like 
are you planning to add anything to it? Or are you going to just kind of settle into his menu before you tweak anything? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to settle into his menu. Uh, I am going to make a few adjustments. I mean, there there's some items he pointed out to me that don't really move. Um, you know, he's had them on there for a long time and just never changed them. So there's very few items that I'm I'm going to take off the menu. However, always willing to make something for somebody, you know, if, if they have a catering event and they're like, oh, that used to be on the menu and I haven't seen it in a long time. I would love that for my party and we'll make it happen. Um, but other than that, I don't want to change too much. Um, I definitely will get some creativity uh, with the specials. Um, I know a lot of people on social media have asked if we're going to continue the specials and I plan on it. Um, so I think, I think I'll introduce new items through the specials uh, and then maybe down the road, maybe a year, two years, once I finally like fully put my mark on it, um, you know, then, then we'll see about menu change. But, but for now, I'm just going to leave everything how it is, keep all the, the faithful customers uh, happy and, you know, just want to continue making it a, a community favorite. Yeah. I mean, part of one of the things that, like, made it a community favorite is Doug's personality. Like, if you went in there, um, and anybody who's listening who's from the area or has traveled to South Jersey, if you've ever, like, gone in there and spoken with Doug, who he's he's so amicable. And, you know, he, he kind of, the minute that you walk in, treats you like family. And it's funny because... There, there's stories, there's plenty of stories of people like that if you come across them and you're like, yeah, you know, go to dad's deli. They're like, oh, I go there all the time. You know, the other the other week he had extra like steak and sold it to me. <laughs> like there's so many funny <laughs> stories like associated with dad's deli just from the personality of Doug and like how much he gives back to like the community and like just makes you know, the residents and his uh, frequent flyers, we'll say, um, so happy with everything that he is offering. So I'm I'm happy to hear that, you know, you're going to retain some of the menu for, you know, X amount of time because I'm sure myself, along with many other of his, you know, Dad's Deli's fans um, are happy to hear that. Yeah, and there, there's no reason to really change the menu. I mean, we're we're a, a breakfast and lunch place, and we have uh, we're a breakfast and lunch place, and we have everything that you could possibly want. I mean, from from eggs, we have breakfast sandwiches, omelets, pancakes, French toast. I mean, every breakfast meat I think that that is made. So, and as far as lunch, I mean, a deli we offer everything: sandwiches, hoagies, wraps, salads. No reason to really change anything. I mean, we have a, a huge selection, and I think that's. Another thing that the customers uh, enjoy. Yeah. And and I know that he, he frequently offers, like, soup. So you should be happy, given that you like making soup. Yeah, I do. I am happy. Actually, I, I made my first soup this week. I made a Maryland crab soup, uh, which uh, actually has been selling really well since I put it up um, on Friday. So, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's great. I, I love that we offer soups and, uh, you know, chance to be creative with that as well. 
and you know especially with the fall and in winter like around the corner we'll you know push that back some because i don't want that and plus it's like 80 degrees out right. uh-huh. <laughs> in november yeah, I the can't... last few days last few days have been a little rough on soup sales but the the crab soup's still full it's still full a lot of it I mean, it's a draw. Like, it's definitely, who doesn't love, well, other than people that might be allergic, but who doesn't love crab? <laughs> right? <laughs> and I've gone in there and had, like, frequently had breakfast sandwiches. Um, one of the things that I love is that when you go in there, you see the stacks of Amarosa rolls. Um, and uh, Lissio's, actually. Oh, Lissio's sorry, rolls. Lissio's rolls. And, um... And, like, I just was like, oh, you know, that's amazing. Like, you know, you're you're supporting, uh, you know, local purveyors. And, you know, it's I love that. So I I hope and pray that we continue to, to see that and um, and that, you know, maybe down the line you'll make donuts since you know how. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the donuts if, uh, you know, if I get the, the right uh, – the right space and and time to do it i mean one day i don't i don't see why we couldn't get a few donuts in here on the menu um yeah we'll see what happens so um throughout this week what what's some of the like how was your reception you know people coming in and introducing yourself to them so that they they become acclimated to you and um how has your reception been in in south jersey it's been actually very, uh, it's been very great. Everyone's been very kind uh, that's come in. Lots of congratulations from people that have, uh, you know, may have just seen a post on Facebook and they came in and they said, congratulations. Someone dropped me off a, uh, a bottle of champagne, which I thought was uh, incredibly sweet. Um, so I, I, I'm um, very overwhelmed with, uh, you know, happiness for how warm everybody's been um and i i hope that that continues i was a little nervous that you know with doug gone i know doug was a a big part of this place and the way he interacted with everybody and and uh you know made everyone feel welcome i think that was a big part of this uh and um i was i was a little worried people might not come back when they heard the news but so far that doesn't seem to have happened i'm still seeing the regulars that i I saw when I was training uh, here. Um, yeah. So everyone's been so kind. I, I love that. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to be here is because I live eight minutes away from the deli and I wanted uh, a place so that my family could, you know, make roots in the community and be a strong part of the community. So just getting that great response from this community makes me feel really good. Um, and I hope to continue, you know, Doug's wel- welcoming ways and once i once i'm not so frazzled after a few weeks i'll start being able to you know (laughs) be able to chit chat a little more with people and uh and and get that feeling in here so yeah and i'm excited i i'm excited for you and i saw that you you know you have two two little ones that uh that in your post with your wife um in front of dad's deli when you were announcing it so maybe maybe they're they're gonna grow up in uh in dad's deli and like get their hands uh in the kitchen oh they sure will (laughs) (laughs) you maybe (laughs) we'll have a a secret on you know little reception uh with with the kids coming in and and they could be like they can be your little greeters and just break everybody's hearts and like make them melt (laughs) 
<laughs> right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> One day, they'll, they'll, I'll let them, in, in a few more years, when they're a little bit older, I'll let them run around here. But, um, but speaking of the fact that, you know, obviously it's your weekend and you have to get settled or whatnot, but are you going to be offering any kind of like event or grand opening for your new ownership? Um, I don't, as of right now, nothing's planned. Um, yeah, nothing really planned. I think we, we did a Facebook post and a, an Instagram post just, you know, letting, letting the world know that, you know, there's, we're the new owners. Um, but I, I don't think we're going to throw any big party or, or any like big announcement other than what we put up already. Um, yeah, just want to just keep, continuing continue what uh the people of the community like and 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 this place and just keep it going really the focus now i have my co-host gene blum who's on the phone too he's he's probably chomping at the bit because he just transitioned from one job to another so he kind of did the a little bit of the same of what you did um, but he's also a chef. And so I'm, and I know he knows of dad's deli. He knows so many food places. Um, and I'm sure he knows you, but I, you know, I'd love to, to give the mic over to him and see if he has any questions for you too. Sure. Absolutely. Well, chef, you know, it, on the surface, I, I have to laugh because people would probably say dad's deli probably has the most overqualified chef in the country for a deli. <laughs> but I have the ignorance of people not realizing how much great from scratch food comes out of delis. You know, people don't truly understand what your business is and what you do. And having you there at the helm, I, I do know your career. And, you know, obviously, Sahad and, you know, federal donors, my daughter worked there for a while. You know, I, I know your pedigree, and it's it's wonderful to see you showcasing something that, quote unquote, a deli. You know, and because people don't understand what it really is and what comes out of there, and the comfort food, and the, and, and and I just want to go with the the warmth that you know a, a place like yours brings to people, a sense of. I'm safe, I'm home, I'm in the community, I'm part of something. So, you know, if you could touch a little bit about what, you know, what your food and why did you decide to settle into this of all the things? Because you could have went anywhere and done any type of restaurant. Why this? Um, the I really think the main thing is how how close it is to home my kids i mean as a chef you know the industry and the hours and um you know working holidays and and weekends and so you know my my boys are uh four and 18 months and uh i've always been working for somebody else always been putting in the long hours missing ha holidays missing weekends with the kids and my wife and i said you know what yeah, I'm still going to miss the weekends. I'm still going to miss the holidays, but, but I'm closer to home. I'm doing this for me now, you know, I'm working for myself. Um, and, and being that we're more than just a deli, we, you know, we do, we do a lot of catering too. And I think that, you know, that allows me to still use my experience and, 
and use my knowledge as a chef to to create other uh, other food. It's not it's not just sandwiches at a deli. You know, we we do so many things here. Um, well, so dad's deli, deli. Yeah, I think that was really it. You really have that. I can so relate to that because I just, as you said, relocated. I'm now four minutes from home, so you know it's a wonderful thing. I mean, I could literally yeah. I could walk to the office if I wanted to, and it's what a, it, it's been an amazing revitalization. You know, at the end of the day, I don't have a forty-minute commute after a long day. You know, I have a four-minute one, and God, what a wonderful feeling that is. I, I and I so respect what you did in this whole process of doing this for your family and for you. I wish I would have done it when I'm when I was a little bit younger. I'm sure my girls would have, but you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for what you did there. And uh it says Thanks. a lot about who you are and what you're gonna bring to that community and to the restaurant. Yeah, and that was a big thing too. I my wife and I were on our third year in Mount Laurel. Um, and this is where we're going to stay. You know, we, we bought a house in 2020. We're going to, in Mount Laurel, we planned on that being the house our kids are going to grow up in and go to school in. So, you know, the buying this business just helped further dig our roots into the community. And that's what we really wanted. Um, so originally we're from Bucks County. So when we moved out here, you know, we didn't really know many people and Bucks County is not far away, but. You know, your friends from Bucks County don't always want to drive the 45 minutes over. So, <laughs> so you, you, you know, were, it's just, we, you were lower Bucks County, if I, if I'm correct, right? Or, or I was lower Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in, uh, in Langhorne. I went to the Chamonix High School. You were in the Chamonix High School, um, right. I'm in Delhi. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. can relate, yes. Gotcha. <laughs> so, I, you know, those are like, yeah, you, you're a little too young to, to know Delhi's, but, you know, when I was growing up, the Chamonix was a school we all hated to play because their football team and their sports teams were all so good. But, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know I, I grew up in the area, so I understand it. And, you know, that part of Bucks County, it's wonderful to see what you did because without knowing for, you know, a mecca of restaurants to grow up in that area, so there wasn't a lot to choose from. I mean, let's be real, you know, you had that. Uh, the Chi-Chi's and the Olive Garden and the things like that up the wall. There were mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, big name, you know, great culinary masterpieces coming out of that area. It's a little bit better now, but still far from it. So it's Yeah, yeah, there's some great, great restaurants out there. Actually, a restaurant that I, uh, before Zahav, it was my segue into Zahav, um, in Yardley, Charcoal BYOB. Um, right on, right on the river. So I, I, I worked there for almost two years, uh, with that family. Um, and I worked a little bit of dinner with them, but mostly their, their breakfast and brunch. So, you know, um, that was a great place. I actually learned a a lot of nice things there. Um, they, they were one of the first in the, in Bucks County to be doing like sous vide and, uh, other, you know, um, you know, molecular gastronomy, and, and they used all kinds of cool ingredients there. And, uh, you know, they, they helped open my eyes to the restaurants in the city and places like Zahav. And, you know, so yeah. I, I always kind of like, I, I learned a lot there. So great place, Charcoal. Yes. And, and that's, you know, that area of Yardley and up along the river has really become a, a mecca of, of great dining 
you know, in that area. But you know, it's I always love talking to people from the lower part of the county who you know, lived there and saw the transition from what it used to be with all the two restaurants to now the independent owners and small businesses opening and you know just a, a, a wonderful change um, that took place in that part of the county. And I still like you call Morris and I call Bucks County home and you know congratulations on, on becoming part of that community. But as you're going through it, how can people find out more about what you're doing? Uh, you know, come out and see you, hire you for catering, and all the yeah. good things you're doing. So I'm I'm here seven days a week now. Uh, we're we're open six to two Monday through Friday, seven to two on Saturday, eight to two on Sundays. Um, and social media, we got that back and going. It was a little uh, quiet for a while, but we're on. Uh, Facebook is Dad's Deli and Catering, and on Instagram, we're Dad's Deli. So you can find us there. Chef, it's a pleasure. I, uh, you know, love love hearing your success story, and, and I truly love what you're doing as a young fe- chef and a family man. I, I, I can't say congratulations enough for that, having your priorities in order. Uh, you know, as somebody who has a lot of gray hair and has been around a long time, you know, I look at you and say, there's a really smart young man out there. You know, I know young you know, kids and all that, but compared to me, you're young. So, congratulations on doing that. I really have the utmost respect for that. And I know Thank you. I appreciate it. It's going to be awesome. You know, Thank you. Be a lot of changes, but good ones at that. Yeah. I hope to see you in sometime soon. You certainly will. All right. Thank you so much, Chef, for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs, and we will be right back. Thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And Gene? Well, today being a very important day for this nation, the fact that it's Veterans Day is what we're taping, and tomorrow being, you know, the, the day after we celebrate Philadelphia, the birthplace of the Marine Corps coming up. Uh, I just want to give a huge shout out to all the veterans that are listening, to all the families of veterans that are out there, you know, to those individuals who were willing to write a blank check up to and including their life for our ability to be a free nation and a safe nation. My deepest and Amherst's deepest thanks go out to all the veterans, the families of veterans, and Everybody who has served or is looking to serve, thank you. We appreciate it so much. We celebrate the anniversary of the Marine Corps. Those of you who are interested, the birthday party will be at Tankies in South Philadelphia. Tankies um, is a bar that is totally dedicated to those who served. Uh, it is a long ownership of that and every year now the birthplace of the Marine Corps is celebrated there. So, you know, for all those attending, you know, enjoy. Thank you for your service. We greatly appreciate it. Tomorrow, whatever your affiliation is, get out and vote. It is something that our veterans fought for that right. Give them the respect and get out tomorrow and cast a vote. That being said, Food Farms and Chef family, we all say thank you. All right. You can find 
me on social media at arpolicus or you can email me at arpolicus at gmail.com and gene you can find me across social media at ibfoodie2 or you can email me directly at ibfoodie the number two at yahoo.com that's ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com have a great week everyone Thank you.